Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you, January 9th, 2024. Hope you're having a great start to your Tuesday morning. You probably already know this. It's miserable outside, ugly, raining. It was like that all night. It'll be like that most of today. So allow yourself more time. Get yourself uh, maybe an extra 10 minutes to stop at a Thornton's and get yourself some goodies to cheer you up on this ugly day. And that's what Kentucky Roll Call is here for. We'll cheer you up. It's game day edition of KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, Nick Roush will be here a little bit later on the show, we believe. So get your text in, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. It's going to be a fun show today. Justin Kalen, how are you doing? I'm okay. I, I'm a little frustrated due to the rain last night. Like you said, we got a whole lot of rain so anytime we'd get rain, just people forget how to drive. And so it took me a little longer to get here this morning just because everybody's going slower, which maybe they should be going slower. I don't know. I, I've always just gone the same speed no matter what the weather is. So that that was a little frustrating. Got behind a garbage truck that didn't want to go over 30 mile an hour on the getting off one of the exits. So, yeah, no, I'm good. Overall, I'm good. I'm, I'm here now. I'm, I'm out of the rain. But, yeah, you're right, TJ. There was a ton of rain out there this morning so be careful driving for sure yes uh if somebody's riding your tail it sounds like scoots was just riding everybody's butt this morning don't, <laughs> i was don't I, do i was definitely riding the garbage trucks butt <laughs> not, i don't know if that's a good idea i don't know if that's what they tell you in driving safety school but uh, scoots is right take your time it's ugly out there I, I knew rain was coming overnight, but it was kind of like, all right, going to let the dog out one more time before we go upstairs, put on this football game and, and go to bed. And I opened the door and it was just like, I mean, it was pouring and the dog just turned around, was like, I'm not going out. <laughs> I was like, Abe, if you if you don't go outside, you're not going to get to go for like, you know, 10 hours or something. I, you're an old man. I don't know if you can you can hold it that long. And he just looked at me. He was like, I am not going out there. Like, I'm, I'm just not going out there. So he refused, uh, but I got up early enough where he did go out this morning. So he must have had to really go bad because it was still raining this morning. But, yeah, it's it's ugly out there. Uh, it probably will, in all honesty, I bet the crowd at Rupp Arena tonight will be bad because of weather. 
I do think it's supposed. Said, to, I do think it's supposed to end at like no, uh, noon, one o'clock today. I don't think it's going to go into tonight. I don't know if it, if it is. I think it's supposed to rain most of the day, and then of course Ugh. Lexington's further east, so it'll be a little bit later. You know, they'll get whatever's ending here probably an hour or two later, and then there's like wind advisories for tonight, mm-hmm. like throughout all of Kentucky. So it sounds like it's just going to be a pretty ugly weather day, ugly weather night, and UK basketball in Rupp Arena as most sporting events throughout the country they are like you you can if the weather's not good you can tell a difference if the weather is good you can tell a difference you you find that stuff to be no brainers for like baseball and football and games that are outside but it also applies from time to time for for basketball and indoor arenas and whatnot so i i the line came out yesterday you know probably about five hours after we got off the air UK opened as an 11 and a half point favorite. If you blinked, you probably missed that because it was quickly up to 13 and a half. Although water finding its level a little bit, I think it's down to maybe 12 and a half now. So Vegas isn't expecting this huge Kentucky blowout. Missouri just lost at home to Georgia. That's a terrible loss. UK didn't play great, but found a way to squeeze out a road win in Gainesville, which would be considered a pretty good win by pretty much everybody. But Vegas doesn't think the Caps are just going to completely roll the Tigers tonight. So we'll talk more about that game as the show goes on. Scoots, we didn't, it was a busy Monday, obviously. We had to talk about NFL playoffs and all that stuff. And then, of course, UK's big win over Florida. We didn't get into the college football championship (laughs) discussion really whatsoever, which I did have written down, but I, I was all right not getting to. I mean, I was excited for the game. I watched pretty much all of it. Maybe I missed a play or two, but I, I seemed like I had, a, I watched all of it. I, I don't know. We didn't talk about it, but I didn't really care that we didn't talk about it. The only angle I would have probably wanted to talk about was the betting side, which I would have won. You would have won. Nice. Well, I did win. I did. I did win. Well, we should, we should have talked about it then because I the got under, my butt the, kicked. The under was like my big bet of the game. Mm-hmm. Like that was what I felt best about the line. Like a lot of people, I was like, you know, I I think Washington, I don't know if they're going to win or not win, but I definitely could see them making this a game. Five points in a championship game is kind of a lot of points. Mm -hmm. However, all the money was on Washington. And normally I kind of like to to zag when people are zigging like that. So I, 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 by the end, I was like, I think I would, I I think Michigan's going to probably cover this, but I still think it's going to be a good game. So I didn't put a lot on the spread, but the over-under was what I felt great about. I did get a little nervous there because there was plenty of points and scoring early in that game, but it definitely slowed down in the in the second half in a major way. And had to sweat it out a little bit. I got it at 55 and a half. A lot of people got it at 56. Some people got it at 57. Um, so you had to sweat it out maybe slightly, but it, it looked pretty good early on. So Michigan's your national champion. They beat Washington. I, I can't help but feel for Washington fans. Those officials were horrible. And for a national championship game, you've just got to be better than that. The missed holding calls were were awful. Uh, some of the lack of like pass interference calls that I think they should have made, they definitely let Michigan get away with a lot. Does it change the outcome of the game? I, I don't know. I think Michigan was the better team than Washington. I don't think too many people totally disagree from that. But you would have wanted a, a more cleaner officiated national championship game. I think those officials came from the ACC and I'm sure there's some U of L fans listening and be like, well, we could have told you that the ACC officials were going to be terrible. Every conference thinks their officials stink, but 
the ACC, they probably actually do stink because everything else in their conference really does as well. So that's your national championship game. Michigan's the winner. They get rewarded for cheating all season, and the beat goes on, Scoots. <laughs> rewarded for cheating all season. It is kind of crazy that, like, you know, you could, if, if you're talking about, like, crazy storylines in sports, and it seems like sometimes you can't make this stuff up in a season where it seems like, I mean, Michigan gets caught dead to right, red paint on their hands. Uh, they go on and just win the championship. But, TJ, so, they got punished. Harbaugh had to miss three games. Yeah, and that's, you know, <laughs> it, like, it is what it is. I, I do love the angle that you have some people take of just like, well, this happens everywhere. It's like, no, it does not. Not every place has a staffer that is going to these games, buying awesome seats right behind their benches. Like, that is not happening everywhere. It's just is like you all can say that people try to get a competitive advantage by watching what people on the sidelines do with their hands and with their signs and whatnot. And I agree. Yeah. People are always going to look for a competitive advantage. Any chance they can get, that doesn't mean they're flying across the country, going to every potential opponent that you may or may not play sitting behind their sidelines. And then at halftime, switching over to the other sideline, like that is not going on. Obviously Michigan took it to a new level. It did give them a competitive advantage. That being said, they, they went undefeated. Nobody beat them, you know, whether or not they knew the signs, didn't know the signs. Uh, I would have really loved to see Michigan take on Georgia. And that's not the way this works, though, because Georgia couldn't beat Alabama. Alabama got the right to play them. Alabama had Michigan seemingly beat, and, and Michigan pulled through and did what good teams do and, and found ways to win. I think they turned the ball over only – uh, let me see if I can find this stat for you. I, I don't. I like that's the thing about it is that people, some pe Michigan haters are going to be like, "Oh, they cheated! A cheated national champion!" And then Michigan lovers are going to be like, "Well, there's there that was no competitive advantage. Everybody always does that all across." Uh, they were a really really good team. I mean, they were. Yeah. They had five turnovers. They had five offensive turnovers all season. Whoa. I think they had maybe one or two on special teams, and they only had forty five penalties all season in fifteen games. That's three turnover. That's three. Excuse me. That's three penalties per game, and that means they every five games they only turn over the ball once on offense. I mean, that that's a national championship like stat right there. Yeah, forty five penalties all season, five offensive turnovers all season. They played fifteen games. I mean, there's probably you, a few teams in the country that matched those penalty numbers and turnover numbers in two games. I was gonna say, I feel like a UK has had forty-five penalties in a game. Yeah, I mean they have, they they haven't, but like, <laughs> you, you know, it, it it definitely seems like there's teams that have had five turnovers in a game. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I'm sure somewhere along the lines for you, I think Tennessee in that game, UK won down during the pandemic year. I think they threw five pick sixes in that game. But that's an incredible stat. So congrats, to, congrats to Michigan. It was a pretty wild college football season. They were the center of it from really start to finish. So maybe it's fitting that they get to cut down the goalposts when it's all said and done. Well, now we get an actual tournament next year, and I'm pumped. I am pumped. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be fun. It's going to be different for sure, uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I honestly think it's going to even make the national championship game that much cooler because mm -hmm. you're going you're gonna to see these teams that had to win. Some teams are going to get a bye, so what would that put them at? That would put them in the quarterfinals right then and there, right? Mm -hmm. Or would that put them in the semifinals? I think quarterfinals, yeah. It's going to be a 12-team playoff and four teams get a bye, no? Yeah. So that means eight teams are going to play each other 
four winners there. Yeah, so quarterfinals. So even then, you're still going to – national champions National champions still going to have to win at least three games, playoff games. Now, are they going to go a week between all the games like normal? Because, I mean, we when, – when will the season end next year? That's, that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out. Will it be the middle of January as opposed to the beginning? Or will they just start the playoff earlier in December? No, I think they have this stuff figured out, and I could probably look it up. I think it's going to go a little bit longer, but I don't think it's going to go like – late january they, they have it figured out if, okay. if i could look if roush was here and he could talk for 20 seconds I, I, I could look it up and get to it um but it's obviously going to be a different schedule it's going to be a different format i think the playoff games like the first ones where the teams are going to host on campus it's gonna be 12 team playoff the first round is going to be on the home the, the higher seeds home field mm-hmm. And then I think once it gets to the quarterfinals, it's going to be bowl games. So, like, you're going to have the quarterfinals, bowl games, the semifinals, bowl game, and then the national championship's just going to be the national championship. I'm pretty sure. Again, we can look this up here momentarily. But I think the first games, like the home playoff games, for those teams that didn't get the buys, that's going to be, like, December. It's going to be, I think, a week after Army-Navy or the conference champion games. And those won't be bowl games. They will not be bowl games. They will be at the site of the higher seed. So, and here's what's going to happen, everybody. And I don't think it's going to be like a one-year thing, but I bet it probably won't last more than three years. You're going to get the teams that are getting the buys, Scoots, and they're going to be saying, "Uh, we we want a home. We want a home game. Like that, Mm -hmm. people are going to see these home playoff games. You're going to see like Penn State hosting Boise or something, you know, I, you're going to see these awesome football atmospheres. It's going to be cold and maybe snowy, and it's just going to be like packed shoulder to shoulder, crowds of which like college football have never seen before for these for these playoff games that are going to be upcoming. And you're going to get these other teams being like, oh, we we want that. That, 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 that looks like a lot of fun. So I think what will end up happening, Scoots, is I think the semifinals eventually will be like the, the playoffs, neutral site bowl games. Then the championship will obviously be a neutral site bowl game. But I bet at some point the quarterfinals turn into home playoff games. Uh, and I think that will be a good thing for the sport. Because we're going to get a taste of like ho- home games that mean either your advance or your season's over, which has really never happened in college football with the exception of like trying to be bowl eligible, which who really cares if you're the difference between five and seven versus six and six. But like a win or go home type of game in college football, it really hasn't existed up until – we moved to four teams, in, in and that was our first little taste of it. But once you get home field playoff games, it's going to be a game changer. We get them next year. Did you fin- figure out anything on the schedule? Uh, no, I didn't actually look, but I don't. I don't like that. Um, why? Why didn't? Why? Why not? Why not look? <laughs> Sorry. Didn't you just say that? Like I'll look it up. I said I can. I didn't say I will. All right, I, I'll look fault. it up. I, I, let me just say this. I don't. I don't like the fact that it could potentially go to home games for the quarterfinals just because those teams already have such a big advantage in terms of getting the bye. They're the higher seed. So I, I would like to see those games stay neutral. If, if it does go to home games, it just I, I just feel like that's too big of, a, of an advantage for them. Does that make sense at all? Or am I crazy? I mean, it does, it, it does, but they're, you know, they're the higher seed. Yeah, like, but they've already got the advantage in the bye. They, they had, didn't have to play the week before. Their guys are probably so, healthier coming in. So should the Ravens and San Francisco not get a playoff game next week? 
Well, I mean, that's a different beast because that's how it's always been. But I mean, if yeah, if they want to play on a neutral site, that's fine. I'm good with that. Should it be that? Should it be that way? No. Is it too unfair that Baltimore and San Francisco have that advantage? Damn it, TJ, you got me. I mean, no, but you can say like, yeah, I think that's probably unfair. I think that like, you know. Well, I just look at the NFL differently because that's it. That's how their setups always been. I hear you. Um, I don't. I don't. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe I'm wrong about it. You know, there's a lot of money in these bowl games, and what they'd have to figure out is if they did do home games for the quarterfinals, like who, you know, what are those bowl games going to go towards? Are you just going to put like teams 13 and 14 that didn't make the playoffs in the Fiesta Bowl in the year that the Fiesta Bowl is not in the rotation? The Fiesta Bowl will probably be like, no, no, thank you. We don't want teams that like don't care about this game. So the bowls are probably going to fight for you, Scoots. They're going to work for you. Like your tax dollars. They're probably going to say like, yeah, no, no, no. We don't want home playoff games because that is going to leave us out in the cold. Um, by the way, I have found the rotation. The, it, it took two seconds. The first <laughs> round is going to start December 20th and the 21st. Okay. Then the quarterfinals is going to be the week of like the normal college football final four. So I was, I was wrong about this. Um, so it'll be like New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. You're going to have your quarterfinals games. Mm-hmm. Fiesta Bowl, Peach Bowl. Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl are going to be your quarterfinals next year. And then a week after that, January 9th and 10th, so like, you know, a year from today, you're going to have the semifinals. It's going to be the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl. And then 10 days from that, January 20th is going to be the national championship game in Atlanta, Georgia. Your first, January 20th. So that is later than I thought. Yeah. Um, and then in 2020. Five, it's it's very similar. Uh, the championships January nineteenth, the semifinals January eighth, January 9th. So the quarterfinals are always going. You know what? I like this now yeah. that I'm I, now that I'm getting it confirmed. Same, because uh, you're gonna have like you know everybody thinks of New Year's and New Year's Day. You think of college football and you think of bowl games. Well, you're gonna have the quarterfinals, and that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. You're gonna get four big time football games, um, which which will be entertaining for your for your holidays next year. So, all right, there it is. This is the end of an era with the four-team college football playoffs. It'll never be four teams again. And this uh, coming up, if you're ranked in the top 12, you're going to get a chance at a national championship. So that for what it's big worth. News for UK, it could be big news for UofL. And Scoots, maybe someday, big news for IU. Yeah, no, it's never going to be big news for IU. I can pretty well guarantee that with – with USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington coming in, I was telling Gil last night, Indiana may never win another football game for the rest of my life. So that's that's going to be a whole lot of fun with those four coming in. But for what it's worth in regards to the quarterfinals, I do think you're right, TJ. I think eventually it will go to home games. I could absolutely see that happening. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because if you do that, you're, you're getting some bowl games that aren't could you call it like the Fiesta Bowl in Tusca, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Alabama? Why not? Probably not. Like, I mean, maybe. I, I, you know, how how attached are these? They just probably want the money aspect of it more than anything else. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Do you think the Rose Bowl should be the permanent national championship game? I don't care what bowl goes where. I never have. That that was the one thing I was thinking when you were reading the quarterfinal bowls. I was like, I don't care what bowls they are. Just never have. I I kind of like it. I like. I mean, if Omaha gets the College World Series, why can't 
college basketball and college football find a home. Yeah, The Rose Bowl, while they're huge fart sniffers, and I think they annoy everybody under the sun with how prestigious they think they are, there's some truth to it. Like It, it does make for the best backdrop in football. Uh, it is a beautiful aerial view. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sights, you just don't get anywhere else. I, I, I know the traffic is supposedly just awful around that stadium. And like, if you want to go or leave, you know, you're, you're talking about like an eight hour day if you're staying for the game and all things considered. It just, I know that it's probably a disaster there. I think it'd be cool though. Uh, but I'm not overly passionate about it one way or another. And I don't think the Final Four should be in one spot. But Scoots, let's say it had to be in one spot. Where are you putting the Final Four annually if you had to? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, Ideally, you would want it to be in a dome or in a stadium somewhere. So the elements don't play a factor in in the Final Four. I don't. I'm likely to say Indianapolis just because that's where the NCAA is. Uh, but that doesn't really make sense for the teams that typically. Were you get insinuating them. that the basketball games could be outside potentially? Uh, football. I thought we were talking football. No, I'm talking Final Four basketball. There's, oh, no. okay. You you transitioned on me. Um, if maybe I just wasn't listening very well. I don't know. Um, oh man. That's a t- that's a great question. I I, I want to say Indy. That that would be my answer. Indy. You're just gonna go Indy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go sport. Indy. Yeah. Well, I was actually talking the Frozen Four. You aren't listening. <laughs> give me Minnesota. give me Indy. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> give me Indy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm in I'm in basketball with the Final Four, but I I, I it, it probably shouldn't be anywhere permanently. But for the love of Pete, stop putting it in Phoenix. Just anywhere but Phoenix. Do not ever go back to Phoenix. And guess where it is this year, folks? It's in Phoenix. That being said, I think like a permanent Final Four in Madison Square Garden would just be the absolute. Do you want a permanent case. Final Four? No, I don't. Okay. But if they were, yeah. if they were, Madison Square Garden, in terms of like advancing college basketball, getting more eyeballs on college basketball, if every year the Final Four was there, like, oh my goodness gracious, the ratings for the Final Four are already pretty good. They would go, they'd go up. They'd mm-hmm. go even more up. The thing is, you're only getting what eighteen, nineteen thousand people in Madison Square Garden versus sixty, seventy thousand, yeah. eighty thousand in a football stadium somewhere else. It's a money thing. Although, think about the tickets they could sell. The issue is, what fans could you get it? Like, how many, how many fans of a fan base could get in to a Final Four at Madison Square Garden? Only the elite of the elite, like the rich of the rich, and the the ticket distribution per school would be like. 6,000 per school that may even no, that's too much anyways, like 3000 per school, probably more realistically. So that's why they would never do it. If imagine if UK was like, all right, guys, we made the final four. We only have 3000 tickets to give out. Oh, it'd be, it'd just be a zoo. I mean, (laughs) it would be horrible. So they probably couldn't do it in a basketball arena. And if you can't do it in a historic basketball arena, why should the final four permanently be, in the Mercedes Benz dome in Atlanta. Like, you know, there's nothing overly special about that place. I do love a good final four in new Orleans though. They, you, you talk to any fan base that's ever been to a final four in new Orleans and they will tell you they had a good time. Uh, it, my wife may be the only exception because she was a student in the 2012 final four and she had to 
for her student tickets, you had to just like sit in line for like nine hours. So maybe oh. she didn't have a great time when she was like, yeah, it was so ridiculous. Like she was like, I was in a parking garage all day Saturday before the UK UofL game because we had to stay in line to save our spots for the student section. I was like, that sounds horrible. I was on Bourbon Street. It was fun. It was a blast. You just see all the four different fan bases like roaming up and down the street, having fun, hooting and hollering. The weather in New Orleans in early April, usually pretty good. So I guess if you can't, Madison Square Garden be number one, but that is never going to happen. So if you had to pick a permanent spot, I'd go New Orleans, but it's probably best to rotate the final fours. Mm-hmm. Let's get to some of these morning grab-and-go texters. Oh, goodness gracious. A lot of you all are up early with us. We love seeing it. Texter says, four level ones and a level one Coach Khaki can suck it. I have the same bad taste that the Astros and Jayhawks left in 2022. Four level twos and a level one. Is that what was like officially handed down to them? Uh, Coach Khaki. <laughs> who was it? Was it Tim Sullivan had a good tweet? Scoots, you love Tim Sullivan, don't you? Uh, I'm I'm kind of indifferent on Tim Sullivan. He says, since Louisville had an NCAA title vacated over stripper-related issues with no competitive significance, can Michigan's college football playoff title survive NCAA investigation of its improper sign stealing? If so, a double standard exists. If so, U of L should put its banner back up. Isn't the whole Michigan case closed though? That's what I, I. That's what I truly don't know. I don't know if like the matter was settled once the suspensions were handed down, or it's like, hey, we're gonna just you all finish the season and we'll handle all this after the year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I truly don't know. Um, I doubt you know anything's gonna happen. Right. Also, I do put like it doesn't matter. It's been ten years now. I do push back on the idea that like U of L gained no significant or they didn't gain any competitive advantage with like the Shripper Gate. That they were considered the impermissible benefits. If you on a recruiting visit were getting laid at one place and you were getting promised girls at the school for your three years, four years, two years, one year, however long you're going to be in college, at the time now now there's nil. Although I don't think nil falls into the. Uh, into this category necessarily that was considered an impermissible benefit that was considered an a, a competitive advantage i don't know why uvl fans can't seem well, to understand that and they're staying active outside of practice so they're they were in better shape <laughs> texture says let's go on scoops unpopular opinion time as improved as he was in the second half wagner was lost in the first half he looked scared standing at the top of the key making a few dribbles before passing it off bradshaw looked worse appeared shocked to get the ball from a pass or a rebound. At least two of Dillingham's turnovers were perfect passes to Bradshaw. He just wasn't ready for it. Uh, Maybe Wagner looked a little shaky off the start. I still think he had like a cool layup or two in the first half. Um, He had that bad turnover where he just kind of dribbled the ball away. He he was – I mean, if he was a little shaky to start – I don't care. Like he figured it out in the second half. There was a stretch where you can that game going back and rewatching it yesterday. There was just so many different aspects of it that could make you proud as a Kentucky fan. When UK was down like eight and Florida was just hitting three after three, it turned into the Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell show where both of them, like where the veterans were like, Hey, I got y'all like, well, Trey Mitchell, I think scored six straight points. And I don't know if UK even really chipped away at the lead during that stretch. So the way I look at it is what if Trey Mitchell doesn't do that? UK may be down what 17 or 18. Would that be too much down there potentially? So like at a time the veterans took over. And then in the second half, there was a time where DJ Wagner took over. And then there was a time in the second half where Bradshaw, final 10 minutes, just said, all right, this is this is my game now. 
I just love seeing all that. Maybe, you know, sometimes this is a conversation we have on KRC kind of frequently. Would you rather have a sure thing that like, hey, this is our superstar and he's our guy, like Oscar Sheboy, for an example, or do you want to be more balanced where it can be, hey, I'll step up tonight. Okay, I'm not really, I'm not having a good game. This guy's going to step up tonight. Well, Florida was a weird game where it was like at different segments of the game, different people were stepping up at different times. To me, Scoots, that's that's a that's a well-balanced, rounded team. That's a sign of a deep team. Different times it was Trey Mitchell and Antonio Reeves there in the first half. DJ Wagner took over there for a little bit. Which, by the way, interesting comment from John Calipari regarding Brad Shaw on the coaches show yesterday. Something that I didn't know during the game. Something that I didn't know after the game. And we're going to talk about it after we take our first commercial break. So, so, yeah, he said on the coaching show, I was like, man, I'm shocked this isn't a bigger deal because it was a pretty interesting quote. Had me sitting on pins and needles over here. That's a radio tease, everybody. What did Calipari say? We'll come back. Uh, Ralph should be joining us, I think, relatively soon. So, hopefully, he'll... He'll be in sooner rather than later. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Roll Radio. Happy Tuesday call. to you. TJ Walker and Justin Kalo will be back after this. Working on a nine months. Trying to lose a awkward teenage blues. Working on a nine months. Name is Kevin. Yeah. That is my name. Yeah. They call me Kevin. Yeah. Because that's my name. Roll Roll call. Call. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big oh, X Sports God. Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, Tuesday edition, game day edition. Caps host Missouri. Looking for a little revenge from the beatdown in Columbia last year. You remember that game against Missouri last year, Scoots? I don't, no. Man, it was not a fun UK basketball watching experience whatsoever. Kobe Brown was just dominant. UK had no answer for him. And he was so good, UK fans were like, "Eh, would he want to transfer here? (laughs) And he was kind of like a fringe NBA draft pick. The NBA didn't like love him. Um, but he ended up being a first rounder. He was one of the last picks in the first round. He made a really good choice to go to the NBA, but UK was sniffing around him as a potential grad transfer. And he had a big game against the cats last year. I don't remember exactly what his total numbers were, but it was a lot. UK didn't have an answer for him. So looking for a little revenge tonight should probably be an easier game for the cats. This Missouri team, not as good, just lost at home in its sec opener to a pretty mediocre Georgia team. But Vegas is not anticipating it to be a total blowout. Get your text in to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We talked about on Instagram, uh, the Kentucky Roll Call Instagram page, we gave away a Salsaritas entree yesterday. And we were wondering if the person was going to reach out, Scoots. Mm-hmm. We, we called him out on air. Mm-hmm. He, he did. Nice. Evan, Evan was like, hey, I was listening. Like, I won. <laughs> cool. But he doesn't live in Louisville. But we're gonna we're gonna make it work for him so he can okay. get some delicious salsaritas all the same. How the poll? Thanks for listening. How'd the poll turn out? We're gonna get to the poll. Okay. We're gonna get to the poll. Put a pin in the poll for a, a moment because okay. I, I I didn't get to listen to as much as I would have lo- liked to listen to you and Rutherford yesterday. 
Oh, I, I mean, in a perfect world, I would have wanted to listen to all three hours. But I did hear that part when that was brought up. I must have been <laughs> lucky because I was cracking up when that was brought up. It almost sounded like Mike was just you could have done the audio version of me instead of Mike. Like <laughs> For sure. it was the same stuff. It was yeah. hilarious. And instead I was, my exact quote was that guy in your, in your emoji is not Caucasian. <laughs> and Rutherford said that guy in that emoji is black. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to that here in a moment. I do, I do want to follow up uh, on the radio tease that we delivered. And again, Ralph should be here momentarily. We believe. But Salsaritas is delicious. That's the reason we give it away is because we want people to understand just how good it is. There's two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews with the ugly weather all day. Highly recommend that drive through in Middletown. Don't have to get out of your car. It's still made fresh and it is delicious. Download that Salsaritas app. You earn points. I think it kind of works out to like every $10 you spend, you get a dollar off. So uh, I, I could be wrong about the math there. All I know is I just seems like I always have points. So I don't complain too much about it. Remember them for catering as well. Wildly addictive chips go well with any party or get-together or occasion. Salsaritas, deliciously different. Nick Roush has finally joined us right before I was about to get in the radio tease, but we don't want to be rude. Roush, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm great. I'm, I'm happy uh, and appreciative that you all could hold down the fort. It's been a little bit of chaotic 24 hours. Um, I think I just got some... Uh, you know, so it's just, we're dealing with stuff and, uh, I appreciate y'all helping me out along the way. Um, disappointed. I couldn't talk a little ball yesterday cause it was an exciting game. Um, and I've got, I've got plenty of thoughts, especially about the conversation y'all had in the first segment, but we need to, we need to just to, to hear the tease because I'm, you, yeah, you tease me, TJ. You, thank you, you Ralph. Tease me now, please me. Thank you. We we intentionally got the football stuff out of the way just so you couldn't talk about it. So sorry, buddy. <laughs> maybe next maybe next year for the national championship game, you can give your takes. No, I'm just kidding. I am curious your thoughts on a lot of stuff that happened over the last two days that we didn't get to hear from you. Okay, so here's the radio tease. I just found this interesting. Is UK Cal because he wasn't playing well and he really wasn't in the first half. Cal took Bradshaw out and said Bradshaw was being a little whiny baby about it. Did you all hear that quote from Cal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't hear the whiny baby part. That's great. Those are my words for what it's worth. I, he, he said like he was pouting and throwing his hands up and he wasn't sure why he was being taken out of the game. And, and Cal oh. said, I'm not an AAU coach. I, this is an AAU. You don't do that. Go get your butt on the bench. So he, Bradshaw was kind of in the doghouse, which I almost think that makes his final 10 minutes even that much more impressive. And listen, there's been star players at UK that at times have butted heads with Calipari in the heat of the moment. Emotions can get the best of some players. I didn't really think that about Bradshaw. I didn't think he would fall in that category. But Roush, with how emotionally he plays on the court, which I think every UK fan appreciates, there's always kind of a drawback on that. That can lead to being emotional with your coaches. That can lead to being emotional on the bench or in the locker room potentially. But I was just surprised to hear that, that like he was the hero of that game without the plays he made late in that game. UK does not win. And just an hour earlier, he was getting in a little feud with his coaches on the bench. Like that, that while that's not mature to like pout when you're taken out of the game, it is maturity to be able to snap your fingers and get your head back back right. Because for an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, that can just take you out for a game. It can take you out for a week. And you could be slumping for a couple of weeks just because you think the coaches are out to get you and stuff like that. 
But I was surprised to hear that from Calipari. I had no idea that that dynamic was going on during the game or even, you know, for a day or two after the game. Well, and that's why um, that's why it, it was so great to see this team respond. And I also think, too, Cal's not going to say that if he doesn't think he can talk about his players in that way. You know, like he knows they're confident enough to where if he says that publicly, they're not going to turtle, right? Um I, I just – that really goes back to what you ended the segment with, and it's just – and it's the same words you use too. I use Sunday. I was just talking with somebody. It's like, man, this team really grew up. And a lot of it is just because they had answers to adversity. And we talked about it uh, – was it last week at some point? We're just like, if somebody's not doing well, then this guy's ready. As much as we're talking about Bradshaw – we got to praise Uguna and Yenso for stepping in in that first half and being a badass. Uh, and it wasn't like he played out of his mind, TJ, but he didn't get pushed around, right? He held his own. He kept Florida off the glass for the most part. Um, six points, five boards in 10 minutes or something like that. Like, it wasn't earth-shattering, but that pass that he caught going full court where he catches it over his shoulder and he takes a step around the guy and then finishes at the rim. The degree of difficulty mm -hmm. to, like that that's a that's a very tough like I don't I don't think we can accurately describe how difficult that play is and he made it look easy. He had the hook shot. Now it, you could tell he kind of was getting tired and, and yeah. towards the end because he had that one layup where he's like right there. It's like, oh dude, just finish strong. You'd been so strong at the point of attack. But um to 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 know that there's a guy there. So this was this was Cal's quote after the game, and it's just this is it's the quote of the entire season for me. So the past couple of years, if a guy played bad, he just played bad the whole game. It's just how he was. He'd go one for fifteen. <clears throat> Antonio Reeves. <clears throat> this team. The good news is, if you're not playing great, I can sub you, and it doesn't hurt that much. I've told these guys a thousand times that you don't have to be great every moment that you're playing. We have enough guys now. We'll just sub you and be ready for the next sub or the next game. And you know what? Bradshaw was ready for the next sub. DJ wasn't great in the first hit. He was ready for the next sub. Rob, he just didn't have a great game. So what? Reed came in at the end, and he handled the ball well. Like, Kentucky has answers. And Uganda showed that they had, like, when Bradshaw wasn't playing well, like, all right, he can hold down the four until Bradshaw gets his mind right. And then Bradshaw, the higher ceiling player, when they, when they needed him to deliver, boom, huge shots. Huge blocks. I mean, he was amazing down the stretch. This team, man, that they got the right stuff, TJ. They got they got the right stuff. Well, well said all around. I'm glad to have you back. You bring up a lot of good points. I don't care what Scoot says about you. You're a good addition to this show. You're a valuable member of Kentucky Roll Call. No, I, I agree with you. And Dillingham didn't have like a good game, and, I, and it shouldn't be disguised as that. But Cal talked about him on the coaches show specifically and said – Dillian Ham was just trying to do too much. He was pressing a little bit. He was kind of talking trash to that other player, and, and they were, and that's always kind of fun to see. And I just had to tell him at halftime, like, stop, just make the simple play. Make the simple pass. Don't try to do too much. Just get back to doing the simplistic things. And then he he, he called out two – I mean, he called out two things, and he really probably should have called out three. One, he was like, after I said that to him, the next thing he does just makes a normal pass to Reed Shepard, and before you can even blink, like, the ball's going through the net. Thank you, Rob, for just making – and he always calls him Robert, which cracks me up. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I was telling Robert – I was telling my good friend Robert that I need this to happen. Uh, and then he also mentioned the elbow jumper that Robert that Robert hit. 
that was huge. Like, you know, that was a big, that was a big shot. He hadn't been playing well and he took it without hesitation or any reservation and just drilled it. It was a perfect swish. And then Cal didn't bring this up, but I brought it up yesterday. The screen he set on the out of bounds play where Bradshaw hit that jumper. Bradshaw's not open. If Dillingham, the smallest player on the floor, isn't putting his elbow into that big dude. It was probably an illegal screen from Dillingham, but you got to be physical in the SEC. It's a big boy basketball league. So I was uh, I, I was impressed with all of it. Yeah, Roush, this team, as long as everybody buys into that, that like, hey, you know, go get a rest, and then when we put you back in, we need you to be ready to roll again. But we've got guys, that whole rant that you you'd said or that Calipari had said, it's true as long as everybody buys into it, and it does seem like they've got a group this year where people are buying into it. It's – and, like, I, I – some of it is – I don't know how people evaluate it. I mean, I, I think that's the – if I was to, after doing this for 10 years, I would say uh, – and you, you asked me what's the most important quality in recruiting and all this. I, I would just say it's just all between the years. Who has – that killer instinct, that killer mentality. Like J.J. McCarthy, that dude is just a freaking baller, man. That run he had where they're backed up in their own end zone, it's a 10-point game. He scrambles for 30 yards. Like, dog, absolute dog. These New Jersey guys, dogs, absolute dogs. And I, that that's a trait that I, I think you can, like, bring it out somewhat, like – if it's stagnant, like you can you can bring it out, but for the most part, like you just got it or you don't. And and I, I mentioned that just because I thought Antonio Reeves, um, I th- this was a a good performance from him in that, like you know how many TJ like eight, seven of those three should have gone in and they just weren't falling on Saturday. But you know what? He didn't like tuck his head. He didn't just completely settle the entire game. And he didn't turtle up and just like say, well, my threes aren't falling. I can't do anything for us today. He got to the basket. Like he played hard. He still had 19 points. That That is that that, that was a great sign moving forward um, where I, I think, you know, maybe a year ago uh, he just takes the easy way out and jacks a bunch of threes early in the shot clock and you're, you're wasting possessions. It's hard to chip away at that lead. So um, there's just there's just a lot to love about this team's mentality, and they showed it by winning in a hostile environment on Saturday. Roush, by the way, it, they're no longer dogs. Dogs are compassionate, loving, loyal creatures that are not scary. So we got some hippos on this team. Uh, the, the hippos is hilarious, but I still just love saying dog. Like I, I, I love the picture of the X-rays, but instead of the dogs in the X-ray, they put in the hippos. <laughs> I don't know who came up, who, who created that, but that really made me laugh. Peak made it for Zach. It was great. Like that was really good. So funny. Yeah, uh, Roush, and, and to your point about Reeves, is like you at times last year could see it almost in his face, where it's like, man, if I'm not hitting threes, who is? Like who on this team is? Right. Of course, Kaysen and and stretches could. Um, Toppin started to get a little bit more consistent towards the end of the season. Livingston, if he was wide open, we wanted him to take it, but did we feel great about it? And compare that to this year where it's like DJ Wagner, maybe like he would fit in last year's team where it's like, yeah, if he's open, go ahead and take that three, but we don't feel like amazing about it going in. But Dillingham wide open three. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Everybody get back on D it's probably going in Reeves. As we already mentioned. Yes. Shoot a three. Go in. Get back on D. Reed Shepard, best three-point shooter in the history of the sport ever, and that's never going to change. Uh, you got him. 
And then, like, even, you know, Trey Mitchell, if he's wide open, every UK fan in the world wants him to take that three. And now you even have a five with Bradshaw, who were totally all right with taking threes. It's a totally different dynamic. You could almost see it on Reeves' face in games last year where if he wasn't playing well, it's like he knew, oh, man, like, I've got to get it going or else we're in big trouble. Where this year, not so much. And he's still, again, that's coming off three straight games where he's been UK's leading scorer. He's still finding a way to put the ball in the bucket. But I think things are just coming a little easier for him. He's not having to press as hard. And that's because he's got teammates that are taking the load off his shoulders. Yeah, that and something, I don't I don't know who told him this. Um, if we are, we're going to give Cal credit, if we're going to give John Welch credit, I don't care who. But just being aggressive and going to the basket. I mean, you're a good free throw shooter. Like, yeah, they they were getting on him last year about that. Like they were they were upset that he wasn't doing more of that last year. But I also think the spacing last year wasn't as conducive to him getting true. inside as well. Where this year okay. everything's just a little bit more opened up. But he's mm-hmm. got a lot better at those shots. That bank shot he hit, like high and fading to the side of the glass, that was a very difficult shot. And I think he made it in the first half, if I'm remembering it correctly. But I agree with you. Yeah, well said. Uh, do we want to finish the morning grab and go texters here? Um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and uh, wrap up those grab and goes. John here, good game day morning, everyone. Hey, John, hope you had a great birthday yesterday, buddy. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you and Elvis share a birthday. I wish the arrow would be back, but we'll be fine with this one without him. Give me the cats by at least sixteen. Hey, which WWE like storyline matchup in the NFL wildcard playoffs do you find the most intriguing? Well, got to go. Cat you later, John. Uh, sounds like the arrow's not going to be back tonight, and. That's disappointing, but kind of under, you know, if he couldn't play in the Florida game just three days later against a worse Missouri team, you may want to give him rest. Back spasms can be a pain in the back, as they say in the business. Yeah. So, yeah they, I, I do worry that, I mean, I, I would like this to not be a long, it feels like we're going to be, it's going to be like Cliff Hawkins' asthma. Um, I know that's a 20 year old callback, but I, I mean, I guess they're trying to just get him completely rested up so they just go away for good. But uh, as I was mentioning to somebody else, 20, 19 years old is a bad time to have back issues. Um, I, I would know from experience. It sucks. Um, so, yeah, just don't stop. Stop having the back issues. Indianapolis permanently the home of the Final Four. Let's make it happen. Come on. I wouldn't mind it. Um, I, I just said it last night. I just hate Houston. Like, it was cool when it was the Astrodome and it was the eighth wonder of the world or whatever. Um, but Houston sucks. Shout out to the Michigan fans, though, and hell, even the Washington fans for making it have a good uh, mm-hmm. environment. But, like, Houston could just take out it, suck it, and suck it. I'm right there with you. It's horrible. Another grab-and-go texture says, what about Nashville when the Titans' new dome is finished? Billy Big Blue. Man, I cannot wait for the first Final that's, Four that's basketball cool. in Nashville. That is going to be awesome. Hopefully the Cats will be there. Oh, that would be incredible. I, um, I, I'm i not sure what the long-term, like how, how long it's going to take. Um, that'd be really cool. It'd be great if Will Levis was still like, like he got to open it up and he was there badass right like i think that's the case but you know that franchise is kind of in limbo right now i know big money mook got to see him go out in style on saturday but you know they're they're in rebuild mode um but hopefully levis can be that anchor for them moving forward one other thing uh this is very random so we're in the hour on the most random thing possible because you mentioned it was elvis birthday he would have been 89 um i watched a christmas story late last week because i just didn't watch it this go around and i wanted to get one last bit of nostalgia in that movie took place in 1941. Ralphie 
would be uh, 95 years old, I think, if he was still alive. So that just Jeez. goes to show you how like old that set that movie set up. Jeez, yeah, that's old. Yeah, he was nine years old in 1940. Some so say he's still four years older than Elvis. Some say he still can't put his arms down. Oh, that was his brother, though. By the What's way, TJ, John name? said in his text yesterday that he loves sharing a birthday with Elvis. So he knew. Oh, that's good. Uh, Randy. Randy, yes. I yeah. love that Randy just hides under the sink. <laughs> <laughs> Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call coming up next. We're going to talk. Uh, Roush has things to say about football and other things. We haven't got to hear from him for a little bit, so we're going to get to that. We have a fun Thornton's text line as well that we'll get to in hour two. I think we got to all the morning grab-and-go texters, so thanks for waking up with us. This is KRC. We'll be back after this. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Hey there, welcome back. One more hour left of Kentucky Roll Call here on The Big X. We appreciate you tuned in. We are on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. This is Kentucky Roll Call on The Big X, like I mentioned. And you can find us... Anywhere you get your podcast, just search for Kentucky Roll Call, replay of the show 9 to 11. So if you're like, man, I'm waking up so early to listen to these guys, you could also wake up at 9 and just hear the, the same thing. It won't be live, though. Everybody loves good old-fashioned live radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, game day edition. Cats looking to go to 2-0 and in the SEC, hosting Missouri, SEC home opener for UK. I said in hour number one, probably going to be a pretty bad crowd, just – this team's really fun. They deserve a packed-out crowd every night. They deserve that European atmosphere that was making the rounds on Twitter the other day. Uh, that will not be it tonight. Weather is going to keep people away. And so if you are going to be there, though, you know, bring the noise. Bring the energy. What time's the game? Seven. Oh. And, if you are, and if you are going to the game, like this would be a fun – if you live in Lexington and you don't have to travel an hour and a half, it would be a fun game to go to. You may have a little bit more room in Rupp Arena. The lines probably won't be as long at, at some of the concessions and stuff like that. You can go to town on some ice cream scoots. We got to get you up to Rupp. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to go to Rupp. Not tonight, though. I, well, just go tonight. You don't have anything going on. I've, I've got a game to call tonight. Evangel and North Oldham should be a fun one. Um, and, yeah, so I've got to miss Indiana and Kentucky. Good news is I can record Kentucky. Bad news is Indiana plays on Peacock. I don't know that I have the option to be able to record that. So I'm going to have to I have to do some digging here, see if I can record on Peacock or not. Do you have Peacock? I do, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think you can. But who do you all play again? I think Rutgers. I mean, it's not That's going right. to be you a are- very good game. You all are three-point dogs or three-point favorites? Uh, I haven't looked yet. Dogs would surprise me. Rutgers has not been very good this year. You're on the road. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw it. I was intrigued by it. I think I think you're dogs, if That's I'm not wild. mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, there's some really interesting lines. I, I, I 
I looked at them at 5:45 this morning. Shockingly, I don't remember them, but I'll, <laughs> I'll get to I'll get to them here in a bit. Nick Roush, we missed you yesterday. We missed you at times earlier today. If you've got football takes on your mind, now is the time to spread your so, wild football oats. All right, I'll spread my football oats. Um, yeah, Michael Penix just blew it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah like man. He, he just like six it. inches, six inches on every throw, six to twelve inches on every throw. So I listened to Brock Heward, who's a former Washington quarterback, and he does games for Fox. He called the Apple Cup, and he's like, "Man, he's just so surgical." But he's like, "The only time he misses, he misses high." And it was when he was pressing in that Washington State game. He's like, he was just—you could tell that like the moment was getting to him. And once he relaxed and calmed down, he started hitting those throws. Dude was missing high all day. I mean, all over the place um, with maybe one. I mean, no, yeah, he missed high on that one kind of corner route as well. Like, that was just the name of the game. Every time they had a big play opportunity, he was he was off, and those were the plays that he hit against Texas. They needed him to hit those. He couldn't do it. And then when they finally got one, while it was still a seven-point game, somehow they survived that opening drive interception in the second half with only a field goal. But it's, it's a seven-point game. And they've got that opportunity. They're right around midfield. They get the big chunk play, and then there's a holding call that wipes it away. And that was really that was the just the ball game at that point. It backed them up to like third and twenty. You know, they end up having to punt it. And I think the the falling drive was when JJ McCarthy made that big run. Michigan goes down and scores a touchdown. So it was just it was so many missed opportunities for Washington. I'm not surprised. Um, though, like Michigan was the best team in college football all season. They just the Big Ten kind of stunk, so they never really got tested a ton. Um, but now Harbaugh gets to ride off into the sunset. Um, I'm wondering how who's going to be – how long is it going to take before they're reporting him to NFL jobs? Um, it's got to be a matter of days, right? Oh, less than a week. A for, less than a week for sure. Yeah, because, I mean you – all, you, all, you all know that for certain? I would. I, that's what I would guess. Yeah. Okay. I, I've. I've. I have no clue. Not. I'm not really like strongly leaning one way or another. But it does seem like I guess that's you all are in the majority with that sentiment. I mean, it just riding off in the sunset. He's actually been at Michigan for I want to say nine years now, and you just kind of don't realize it because those early years it was kind of a slog. Um, but if he's on, like this is his last kind of hoorah to go back to the NFL and to go back to your point earlier. The Big Ten adjudicated his matters, but I don't think they NCAA did. So, like, they could come in and do more. Um, I don't know if that that will be gotcha. the case or not. Um, so, yeah, it 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 feels like just the timing, the stars are aligning. Though my only issue with it is just that, like, it's so obvious, and so many people are talking about it that he might just defiantly not do it. Uh, just kind of like, oh, you say I'm going to go pro? Well, not happening. But I did have a like. As much as I don't like Michigan and they're uh, obnoxious and arrogant and just like think they're God's gift to mankind, um, seeing the Harbaugh family, like just the the joy in their family, like that that was cool, right? And in that moment when they got the big interception and you just knew it's like, oh, well, Michigan fans just get five minutes to drink up this moment knowing they're going to be national champs. Like, that's got to be such an awesome feeling. Uh, I kind of envied it, but I – and I really just – like, TJ, how proud are you whenever Lucy just, like, I don't know, 
says a word or like, you know, whenever she does something, you're just like, oh my gosh, she's the greatest ever. Imagine your kid winning a national title. Like, I just can't <laughs> trying to put myself in their shoes like that. That's, I, that's gotta be a feeling like no other. Yeah. The, the family aspect always, always cool to see. I, I, I don't know if he, like if there's NCAA stuff looming, then yeah, that'd be an easy out. But he's the man of Michigan forever now. Like, you know, you not that you could have like four straight losing seasons or anything like that. Not that that would happen, but he doesn't have to win another national championship to have like another kind of relaxed, easy 10 years at Michigan. Like he's he's done it now. You own Ohio State. You've won a national championship. If he wants to just relax and be the head coach of Michigan and then build a statue of him and, you know, all that stuff he can do that, but it does seem like everybody agrees that he's going to go try his hand in the NFL is his next step. But I, I don't really care. I, I don't like hate him like a lot of people do, but I don't like him either. He's just another personality in college football to me. Was Tom Crean in the family section? Yes. Yeah, did you see the picture of him? No. He had I, green he was, face. What? He, he had green face. I'll, I'll look it yeah. up. Yeah. yeah no he looks sad, so miserable. <laughs> yeah. Just, he's just – some people have RBF. His just resting cream face is – it's it, it never disappoints. Uh, the point you made, though, TJ, you just said a nice, relaxing 10 years. Does Jim Harbaugh strike you as the type to, like I, – I just go back to him losing to his brother in the Super Bowl. I mean, you think that guy's going to not try to go back and win a Super Bowl just to – Do it? You know, yeah, yeah. Just to, yeah. like, make sure his brother doesn't have one over on him. Which, by the way, if if John and the Ravens win the Super Bowl this year, like – I mean, we're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and need them to not win the Super Bowl. Is it weird that there's part of me, like I know I'm supposed to be a Steelers fan that hates the Ravens, but like Lamar should get a Super Bowl. Why? He's so good because he's just he's so amazing. Like he yeah. he should have yeah. a Super Bowl. I, I don't. I, he should he should have as many Super yeah. Bowls as Aaron Rodgers, just so I can torment you. See, that's what we can't have. Yeah, like, no, that's we need what, that. We that's need that's what, you know what? what you, like, you, know how annoying you, you know how annoying U of L fans are going to be? I don't care. You know how annoying it is that Jordan Love is good? Like, what the hell, TJ? He was awesome on Sunday. You all this have no was the plan. winning this was that the, football game. This he was the so plan. Good. Green God, Bay knows what they're doing sometimes, every so often. Just not when it comes to keeping Matt LaFleur as the coach. Watching him slice and dice, I was like – Oh, like here's the Bears moment. Like surely the Bears, this this is their time. The Packers have been underwhelming all year. Their defense is terrible. Justin Fields is going to make just enough big plays, but nope, not happening. Jordan Love was just pew 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 pew. Looked like freaking Tim Couch out there. He's got a little like Patrick Mahomes to that flick of the wrist, where like yeah. it just looks like a simple little flick, and then the ball goes like 35 yards on a dime. It's like, wait, how is that motion leading to that? Uh, I do like Jordan Love. Obviously, his, you know his feet are always like doing something wonky too, but it doesn't matter. He like still he yeah, he'll be throws. like doing the splits and then just make this insane. <laughs> I agree with you. He is fun to watch. He's gonna be fun to watch grow as well. But this was the plan all along. But Roush, I hear you. Lamar is a, a he's a great quarterback. He is fun to watch. He makes football games more entertaining. But you're trying to make a deal with the devil, dude. They're gonna they're they will put a they'll hang a banner. They'll hang a Ravens championship banner at Papa John's. Don't call me Papa John's LNN Cardinal Fed Cred Stadium. They will, that will be their biggest pride. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. So, no, but, but like, but like, don't know, I don't know if I'd say, I don't know if I'd say 2013. Uh, they did, yeah, Kentucky beat Lamar, but I'm just, they will be so obnoxious about everything if he wins the Super Bowl. I would prefer to avoid that. And I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I so mean, I don't, we've, we've had what, two, three years now being able to laugh at Louisville and you don't want to give them just one moment that doesn't even directly oh, affect did. them anymore. <laughs> yeah, but that's what makes me the most upset about it is it doesn't directly apply to them. And yet they're playing Ravens games in town as if they're the local team down the road. <laughs> just let them have their thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving a GD inch. All right. I mean, Here's the thing, though, Scoots. I get where he's coming from because his idiot friends are calling him the Vins. Like, thank like you, that, thank that, you. That, it's like different that. for me. It's different yeah, for me. Yeah, yes, thank yeah. you. So, like, I, I forgot mean, my about friends that. going to Baltimore. They, my friends, my best friends for 25 years, they go on an annual trip to Baltimore, Maryland, yeah, as like I mean, their thing, as their vacation. I mean, Baltimore, I, Maryland. I would, I would, if I would probably do the same too. Like, honestly. Will Evans won the Heisman. I mean, it's different because he's in Nashville. We go to Nashville all the time, but I would. Well, yes, Nashville and Baltimore are much different destinations for like, (laughs) hey, I've got $1,000, $2,000. They get on planes to go to Baltimore, Maryland for a weekend without their wives, and then they come back home, and they're just, you know, like, "That's that's my boys weekend. Why not go literally anywhere else? Why not go to a road game for the love of God? It's Baltimore- and I don't know why they don't go to road games. I think they're legitimately scared to like be wearing Raven stuff on the road. They're big babies. They never go to the UK road game either. Oh yeah, because they know they're going to lose. Um, but I, 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 yeah, the, we'll the talk reason more why about playoffs on Friday that'd be fun. Yeah, I I can just see the Ravens doing it, even though I know we're not going to watch him play for a week. But the Ravens are built like Michigan was, and it's bully style. But they just have a more awesome quarterback, and it. There's also part of me, too, that, like, I think Louisville fans are ultra-sensitive to any Lamar criticism, and, and most of the online community is. Um, like, there's just – like, that one dork that just said he wants his quarterback to be more quarterbacky. Like, why why are you all giving that guy attention? Like, if we – honestly, we need to get – we need to have some video clip of us dogging Lamar and just put it on social media, and our show will do bananas numbers because the NFL community just – is so sensitive to Lamar Jackson criticism. Um, but I do think the fairest thing that people have been saying all along is like, I mean, like maybe if he had receivers, he would be better at quarterback. And turns out he has better receivers. He's a better quarterback. Like, wild how that works. Roush, you got to be careful of misgendering people in 2024. It was a girl that said that he she likes her quarterbacks to be more quarterbacky. Oh, sorry. I, I knew it was a girl and a gal on the show. Um, I, just, I will I say that didn't know that one for equal opportunity. That one single quote was idiotic, but her like rationale and reasoning was also bad. But like it was at least just like a formulated opinion. You know, I, I think a lot of people were just like looking to blow the the whistle on that one. Whereas like if you actually heard her out. Again, bad take, not correct, but like it was <laughs> it, it wasn't. I don't she think, had. Right, like it wasn't just like saying it from like she she had a uh, logic behind it, even though it wasn't good logic. I didn't want to, yeah, exactly. Well said. I, I didn't want to blow the whistle on her necessarily, right, just right. based on that one quote, which was very whistle ish. Um, well, my quarterbacks <laughs> to be more quarterbacky, but she did have some reason behind it. I just not reason that I necessarily agreed with. Uh, all right, I, I I'm good on the NFL discussion for now. If you all okay. are. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm happy the Steelers in the playoffs. Um, even though 
Like I wanted Josh Allen because that that this should be hopefully he goes somewhere else or else they just pay he him will. a ton of money. Um, but he'll probably go somewhere else. I wanted him to go out with a bang in Jacksonville and for them to suck so bad. He played so great this year, mm-hmm. second in the league in sacks with seventeen and a half career highs in pretty much every statistical category. He was incredible this year, one of the best defensive players in all the NFL. Um, and for them to just Way an egg. I think most of it was just the injuries. They didn't have Christian Kirk the final during that whole final six weeks, and then Trevor Lawrence's shoulder must he he must be really injured because like how he he just was bad, and he and also he didn't run it as much too. That's a big part of his game. But that was what a dud to end the end the season for the Jags. That was that was brutal, absolutely brutal. Wait, he he finished second in sacks. Who finished first in sacks? Oh, you know oh that's right. Back. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, are, are we worried? Is he, he, he going to play, play, though? Is he playing? Uh, I don't think so. I, if I had to guess, I would say he doesn't play. See, I'm going to guess that he does just because he tried to go back in on Sunday. If there's anybody so, like, that can, it'll be him. That That's my thought. Is It's like anybody else probably out, but like TJ Watt, will he be as effective? Probably not, but I, I'd say he's going to play. Um so that that'll be fun. We can talk more about that on Friday because the the slate's fun. Um, the peacock is really stupid. I hate it, but nevertheless, we must deal with what we must deal with. Um, I, we do need to bring up though, TJ. I can't tell you how many times that I had to write a story over the summer. Tim Couch nominated for College Football Hall of Fame ballot, and I don't understand what took so damn long. But he's finally in the Hall of Fame. He's going in in the 2024 class, uh, 25 years after his career ended. Um, Well-deserved. He's just the eighth former Kentucky Wildcat to ever be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, And only the second to be from Kentucky, uh, Jerry Claiborne, was the other. Um, so a homegrown, the pride of Leslie County going in the college football hall of fame, TJ, I just, I, I wanted to stress just how long overdue it was because he was proof. He provided proof that the, like, think about what the, uh, what college football was when he came to it in 1997, Michigan won the title that year, the following year or the previous year, I forget which one Nebraska won it with a triple option. Like College football was a triple option game. Look what it is now. It's because Tim Couch proved that it can be successful. And that that was a way for teams with lesser talent to, to get an advantage. Um, him and Hal Mummy, they revolutionized the game. And I was I'm putting together a, a post, like, and a lot of it was with the help of our friend Corey Price, who uh, it, it, I'll have the link in the post too, but Corey Price. Uh, back in 2018 on the 20th anniversary, highlighted his five best games, his 10 best touchdown throws um, from that season. And it's just incredible what he did. Multiple seven touchdown games, um, like the 400, 500 passing yards. He had 47 completions and 67 pass attempts in a game. And that was in a loss. Uh, In his final game at Commonwealth Stadium, I mean, they had to expand Commonwealth Stadium because so many fans were showing up to games. Right, like he changed the game in Kentucky. He changed college football, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Much, much deserved. Well said. 
that that kind of sums it up. It would have been really fun to be in college as a student, like going to UK football games uh, during the Tim Couch era. Oh. Like, you know, your expectations weren't like, you know, we're world beaters necessarily, but at least the product would have been a lot of fun. And, you know, when people are like 18 to 23, it's like, eh, you know, do we really want to go spend our afternoon in the sun doing this, doing that? If Tim Couch was slinging the magic bean, I'd be there. I wouldn't miss it. Well, and, and you got to think, too. There was moments in the early 80s, the mid-80s, where they were good. But, like, unlike the Stoops turnaround, there's – I mean, all of the people that are in their 20s and – I wouldn't say all the people in their 20s because I guess intern Jacob's technically in his 20s. But, like, a significant portion of the fan base experienced recent success with the Rich Brooks era. Whereas, like – yeah, I mean, that was only seven, eight years removed before the Cats were back in bowl games. Like – not only did Couch win big game, I mean, they broke a 75-year drought against Alabama, right? Like, they were doing things that nobody else in college football was doing. And, oh, by the way, while all of that was happening, like, the Cats were kicking ass in basketball, too. Like, that was a, objectively very, very fun time to be on campus. So, uh, first-team All-American, Heisman Trophy finalist, uh, first overall pick. Um, and what's, he, what's cool, too, is yesterday we found out that they're building a statue of him at Leslie County High School. So, um uh, very very cool very cool. I always love statues you just never know if they're gonna be good or not number one uh, statue radio show right here yes that Ronaldo statue they made way back or yeah it was Ronaldo right that was like terrible oh, that was great oh. I love because like once you make a statue like that's it you know you can't you can't go back and be like oh no I need to redo his chin or something like that uh it is what it is with the statue game all right scoots had a had a radio segment for us today oh I forgot about this. Oh yeah, me too. And I don't, I don't know if we have the time. For, okay, yeah, we've got the time for it, I guess. Scoots, we've got, we've got the time. I'm, I'm messed up, guys. I, I am. We know this. My let, head. Let, let me, let me preface also this. Uh, at seven sixteen last night, I have a dilemma. I need your help with tomorrow, Roush. I'm going to wait for you to join to bring it up. But I'm struggling. That's how many use he put in it. Debated bringing it up on Rutherford today, but figured I'd save content for my number ones. I really don't like Rutherford that much. He annoys me <laughs> to no end, and he probably does have even worse hair than Ra Roush. Yeah, I did say that last yeah. part, yeah. No doubt. Okay. <laughs> um, no, so I watched a TV program on Friday. I ha had a little time. Netflix has this special. Don't know if you all have seen it yet, but it's called You Are What You Eat. It was a... The way they set it up, it's like a it's a study between identical twins, right? And they give one of them an on, omnivorous diet. They give the other one a plant-based diet. It was so much more than just a study between identical twins. It was This show messed me up to the point, guys, I don't know what to eat anymore. I have eaten very minimal food for the last three, four days because this show messed me up so much that I do not know what to eat anymore. I had a freaking banana for breakfast yesterday. That is not like me at all. I'm, I'm really, I don't know what to eat. It's weird that that's the, the fuel that you put in your car um, matters, right? Like that's, yeah. So that, the, I know that this isn't a, like, 
it's it's been my mother's preaching point to the point where it annoyed us and she finally chilled out some and that has got us to come around to it more but i too um, went to the grocery store and made a lot healthier suggestions now i understand with kids that it's challenging and you know what Scoot? sometimes when we're pinched for time it's harder it's easier to eat garbage than it is to make our own stuff mm-hmm. um but yes scoots more uh vegetables and fruits and most importantly less sugar um well is is critical i'll tell you what i'll tell you what really messed me up about it is they showed like all the animal farms and they went through all this like statistics on everything and i don't like i have never thought I'm, i'm 34 years old i've never thought about well, maybe I should make wise to choice choices about what I'm putting in my body. But it, it messed me up to the point I don't know what to put in my body anymore. I, I have no idea what to eat. And that's i I am hurting. He finally found he found out how the sausage was made. Exactly. Yeah, that's essentially what happened. You can't uh, now I can't unsee it. Yeah, I did a Google. It seems like a lot of people are having similar reactions. Oh, are they? There's, there's one article, Netflix fans threatened to cancel subscription over mind-boggling twin documentary. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. Oh, so they're Scoots, mad at the documentary, not what they're doing. Well, again, Scoots, you got to understand the, like, the people making the documentary, they, they may have a narrative. Yeah. They may have an angle. Mm-hmm. They may not be showing or doing everything, or they may be showing the most. I haven't seen it, so I can't tell you if I think it's like mumbo jumbo or not mumbo jumbo. The, the Super Size Me documentary, that guy, he really laid it on thick. Well, that yeah. was that was just McDonald's. I mean, they went through the food industry as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, there's plenty of documentaries about it. Food Inc. is one of them. Yeah, my uh, buddy brought that up. Yeah, there's there's a lot like this. It, but every so often I'll be in a similar boat to you, Scooch, where I'll watch something, I'll see something, uh, and just be like, "Oh my gosh, my life needs to change forever." Mm-hmm. You'll be, you'll be all right, buddy. I don't, you'll, I, slip, you'll slip, you'll slip back. You'll just forget about it. I don't, and I don't know that I will. I don't, I don't really want to eat fast food anymore. And I'm not, I don't crave meat like I did before I watched the show. I've eaten three salads since Friday. Like, what the hell nice. is happening to me? Well, yeah, I mean, all well, this is good things. So, like, if it's yeah. working for you, then then keep keep it up. But, Scooch, people have been eating meat for hundreds of thousands of years. I, I know this, yeah. and I shouldn't have let it affected me like it did. And and people, I've talked to other buddies about it, and they feel like I'm crazy, and I shouldn't have let it get to my mind the way it did. But it it did. I can't I can't change the fact that it got to my mind, and now makes me think like, what should I put in my body? And I well, I just don't know. Here's the salsaritas. Uh, I want to make quinoa for crying out loud. Oh, quinoa is great too. I mean, it's just like rice. Like there's not basically scoots. What you're, I think this could be a good thing for you, buddy. Because you know, like because I'm eating, fat, and need to lose some weight. <laughs> no, but like just from like a long term health state. Because here's the thing: is like the problem with some of those is they like any sort of dramatic shock to the system change doesn't stick. But if you make moderate changes, like. I started drinking my coffee black. That was a moderate change. I like it now, and I, I really don't like it another way. Boom. Easy, easy, healthy habit. The other thing, too, is like instead of eating meat three times a day, like it's pretty easy to just eat it once, right? Like mm-hmm. instead of eating a burrito, you eat like a yogurt with some granola in it. So, like, you know, there's just like there's little there's little things here and there where you can just change your habits up ever so slightly and you know, you, you know what you'll probably have more energy you'll feel better about yourself like it, scoots this could be the this could be a positive change it doesn't need to scare you 
You could be. This could be a good thing. I'm worried about my air fryer though. It's gonna get lonely. Like I, I oh, use no. that bad boy all the time, and I've got. I haven't used it since Friday. Cause hey, you you can use it. Make your chicken with it. Lean chicken. I don't want chicken. chicken. That's the thing. Yep. I, from after watching that show, I don't want chicken. Ooh, here's the thing: sweet potato fries. Those right, are good. You, you, gotta give us a, you gotta give us an example. And if it's like super crass, you don't have to get into the all the nuts and bolts of it because I was reading a little bit of it. But like, tell us why you don't want to eat chicken. Well, I mean, the whole chicken farming thing is was just really gross on that show. That just some of the things they see. Not it was more specifically the cows and pigs thing because they said. And, and, and this, I, I'm hoping this is true. It may not be, though, I guess. Like, they, people can make up whatever they want. But they said that due to horse and cat, or horse, cow and pig farms, they're, they put off 30% more emissions than all of the planes and cars on the planet combined. Because every time they burp or fart, it's just straight methane going up into the air. So I just. Right. So, so you definitely watched a lot of mumbo jumbo. Just hearing that in its own right, I can just go ahead and guarantee you. Not that there couldn't be accurate things in here, but I can tell you that this entire documentary is probably slanted towards an agenda. Scooch, go ahead and just go to town on some fast food, buddy. I don't know. I need to eat healthy. Yeah. I mean, the cows are inefficient from like food, like a food creation standpoint like they just eat a lot like it, it takes a lot to harvest a cow. well and they don't get to but, move they stay they stand stationary in one spot and they just gorge out on all yeah. this food for their, their whole entire lives that's it's just kind of sad to me well and <laughs> you know what if you want to like that that's why like um what our christmas gift tj i'm very excited about this like we're getting um brooks family got a cow from like a local farm so it's not going to be one of those you know yeah Right, like it's, right, right. Like they're they're good cows, and we're just gonna have steaks and ground beef. Oh, it's gonna be great! Uh, I'm I'm very excited for it. I, I think that the, is awesome. I think the yeah. thing that messes me up about this guys is the fact that I feel like I do need to eat more plants, and just as people as a whole, we need to start eating more plants just because it would be better for the environment and the world. But I'm only one guy, so I'm not going to change anything by myself. But if enough people do, then maybe there will be some changes made. But the, at the end of the day, we're not going to be around to see those changes. So wh why should I put so much stock into it now? But I, I just, I don't know. Roush gave the good example. you got to think about the gasoline you're putting in your car. And I've, to this point in my yeah. life, have rarely done that. And Scoots, not to like, I, I think that's a good mindset to have is everybody just does some small things here or there. It can make a big change, not to totally poo poo that, but like whatever's going on in America and the battles we face with regulations and health and making the environment better. Do you think they're doing that in China? Do you no. think they're doing it in India? Do you think they're doing it in Russia? Do you think they're doing it in all these very overpopulated places? Like, America is certainly far from perfect, but I do think being cautious to it, like you are, I think is the first step in the right direction with some of this. Well, stuff. what this has done, if I'm being honest, it's almost expedited my whole wanting to move to a Spanish speaking country because I know I'm going to eat fresher. I'm going to eat better. It's going to be, I don't know. There's just so many benefits. I, I wanted to wait till I was 50, but this program might've expedited that. You eat a lot of rice and beans. There's some plants. Exactly. There. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, like attitudes around like healthy eating have changed dramatically since we were kids. I mean, yep. just I mean, they, they have. And that's a good thing. There's more options now um, because like that's that's what the consumer wants. So yeah. we're slowly, slowly changing. There was and, um, 
in that show, they highlighted a restaurant in New York that won. He won best restaurant in America and then went on to win best restaurant in the world. And then he changed his whole menu to plant-based after the year after he won best restaurant in the world. Because he's like, well, but I mean, there's nothing else I can do. People want these plant-based foods. So his whole menu is now plant-based. Wild. Sounds like big plant-based food was behind this documentary, if you ask me. Mm, yeah. I think it's probably funded well, by big plant-based food. It, it worked. big plant-based food, if it's so good and healthy for you, why it's so much more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like, make it, uh, like, make it cheaper. Let's because get, people, will get... pay, people will pay for health. That's what it comes down to. Well, yeah, and it's and, just not as easily. Like, it's much easier. Yes. Our systems haven't made it to where it's easy to make it cheap yet. But I will say, if you've ever um, like a good black bean burger kicks ass, that's a fun alternative. Um, I, I will say that I'm not going to try. What is it called? Impossible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'll, I might have it at a restaurant, but I'm not going to eat an Impossible Burger from Burger King or something like that. Like no. One Lent, I wanted to go vegetarian, and my wife, who at the time I think was my fiance or girlfriend, she like laughed me out of the out of the kitchen. She's like, you, you're not going to be able to do that. And even if you do, like, <laughs> no, I'm not making, I'm not like, I'm, we're not making salad. You know, she, and she, she was not, she was not for it. It would be really hard to do. I don't think I could do it, but yeah, you know, red meat would be pretty easy. Like if you wanted to do like a, I mean, hell, even pescatarian. Probably. I'm a believer red meat's good for you. I know some people say the opposite. I think you need to have a little red meat in your life. Yeah, Humans have always had red meat in their life. Always. Yeah, that's true. So I think that that's hunters gatherers, man. Well, I'm glad okay. I'm glad I brought this up, but I'll y'all didn't really help me at all. I'm still I'm still Scoot, my you, head's Scoot, all Scoot, you watch you watch Mumbo Jumbo. It, it if it makes you eat healthier, that's a good thing. You'll be yeah. all right. Go to go to your salsaritas and get you a, a nice taco salad. All right. Like that that there that's a good step. I mean I'm drinking no, you can even I'm, do vegetarian, the fajita vegetables. I'm go drinking water this nice, morning. Like, what? Go to Thornton's, get you a nice bacon, sausage, biscuit. You'll be no. right back in the thick of nope. it. Nope. Mm, sounds so yummy at Thornton's. I'll be going and doing that during this final commercial break. We'll come back. We'll give our predictions for the Cats versus the Tigers. We'll read some text on the Thornton's text line. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Watch what you eat. Down that empty street. Down on Main Street. to myself run beth run for your life before this man kills you both then do you know what the klutz did no and i don't care welcome back one final segment game day edition of kentucky roll call here on big exports radio tj walker nick roush and justin kalen okay been a fun show today, and the fun continues. One final segment. Cats, Missouri, 7 o'clock tonight, ESPN. And uh, I'll share just a couple bets with you that I like for today. Um, Alabama, I-, I teased that line down to 7 and got it at minus 215 against South Carolina. They're going to win that game probably by 10, uh, but I may as well take the free thing. Kansas State, given a point at West Virginia. I hate taking road teams in conference play more times than not, especially road teams that aren't all that great, but West Virginia is really bad. I think Kansas state will win that game. Uh, and then 
Let's see. We'll get to maybe a few more. Baylor against BYU. BYU coming off a bad home loss to Cincinnati. Baylor only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I jump all over the Bears right there. So just a few bets that stand out to me on your Tuesday morning. Nick Roush is wearing his blue right, blue light Shady Rays glasses. You can go to ShadyRays.com and get yours. Save 40% off with promo code BIGX at checkout. You'll love Shady Rays. They've got uh, unbelievable. They've got over 10,000 pairs of sunglasses styles that you can choose from at ShadyRays.com. Blue light, snow goggles, and then any type of sunglass that you could imagine. All polarized. Very great. You'll love them. ShadyRays.com. Promo code BIGX at checkout. Well, what else do we have today? Um, Thornton's text line? Yeah, we've got Thornton's text line. Shout out to um, Michigan minus 13 and a half for covering my losses. I was on the over, TJ. That was my uh, – if, if the total went my way, I had a lot of other fun stuff out there that was going to hit. But uh, those field goals in the third quarter really hurt me. Uh, needed touchdowns there. My lock of the night was the under, so should have listened to your buddy TJ and, there. And, and here's the thing, too, is it, like I, from this matchup, it made sense, but if you look at all of the title games, they're all high scoring. Now, obviously, it's different, but like I just assume that like things get a little wonky. Didn't happen, though. Didn't happen. Stayed stayed low scoring. Um, and now the longest offseason in college football is here. And TJ, I just – like I. Maybe we can say, what, can we, I don't know. There's like, there's a segment of Kentucky fans that are losing it every time Louisville gets a transfer of portal player. And it's just, it's, it's, I don't understand it. Like, I, I really don't. Like, we, we spent all year talking about how they weren't that good. And then we proved that. And then now we're, we're like, why are they getting so many players? It's like, well, th- this is what they do now. Like, I don't, are these players going to be any better? Probably not. Like I, I there's just a lot of um, unnecessary angst right now for fans uh, because Louisville is getting a lot of transfer portal players. They're going to end up getting 30 in back-to-back classes more than any other in the transfer portal this cycle. You don't think that's good? I got no. I think that's that's my point. Like, go. How many players would you trade to have on there? Like a lot of their guys. No offense, Isaiah Cummings. Like he's he's going to be one of their main tight ends last year. He was like the third or fourth guy at UK, probably the fourth. Like that that's a lot of their guys. That receiver they got really good, and then the flip they got from Tennessee um, from Ole Miss or whatever McDonald. Like that like they're they're getting some solid players, but I just I think there's a lot of angst because it's a what have you done for me lately sort of deal. If you look at ESPN, ESPN ranked the transfer portal classes. Kentucky seventh. Right, Louisville's was one or two. What was Louisville in the high school recruiting rankings? They were like 40th or something. They took 15 players. They didn't take many players at all. Like Kentucky's getting both, right? Like I, I, I just, I, I think that right now there's a lot of people who are mad at the way the season ended, so they wanted. They're just pointing it to the latest thing, and I, I don't think that the latest thing is a problem. I think that, like. They did well in the portal. Jamin Dumas Johnson's better than any player that they're going to bring in all year. I would take Brock Vandegrift over Tyler Shook nine times out of ten. And if you look, they're going to be starting a guy from on their offensive line, like guys from Yale. I, um, like it's a bunch of G5 guys. So, like, do you really 
Do you really trust that? Like over, uh, you know, I so like I, I think there's questions that they have to answer. That their fans, they like their guys, but there's some uncertainty there. And for whatever reason, just because Kentucky didn't load up on portal players, fans think that Kentucky has a bad portal class, and that's not the case whatsoever. I, I'm I'm fine with UK's portal class. It's it's not. I, I just wish they'd get somebody else on the offensive line and yeah. then the secondary. Really? Yeah. Like they they have they didn't address every need. Um, they need to address them in the second portal class. And you know what, TJ? How many times have we gone into a season and been like, every position group is great. They've got everybody they need. This is going to be great. That never happens, ever. And you know what? This year we came into it and we thought that, remember we thought the secondary was going to be a strength, or at least the safeties? Was that the case? No. Like, There's always question marks like uh, about certain positions uh there was question marks about the offensive line and they performed better than expectations last year so like i i, I just think that just because louisville's in the new cycle getting portal players people are freaking out and i i think that's silly i think that's silly to do changing gears briefly your NCAA football take is horrible and you deserve getting crushed for it I, yeah, I know you're yeah. going hot take you knew you're yep. going to get the reaction you got but yep, yep. to say that the game's going to be bad I mean that is just like you have no clue you're talking out your butt on that oh yeah yeah but I also just like I did not like the later NCAA games I didn't play them that much I only liked them for nostalgia purposes when Big Cat was playing during COVID because nothing was happening but like I did not like the gameplay as it, like it got slower as it went on. So that, I, that's the, I that's actually the agree with I actually agree with that. That and, and I don't think it was like to a point where it was unplayable or not enjoyable. But like once it got more complex, it was getting worse. Yes, because they were having to kind of cover more like different plays and like things that you can do on the field and spins and trying to make it more realistic. But it actually kind of made it a little bit buggier. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with that. Like college football 07 or 08 was the best college football yeah. video game. It's the same for Madden. Madden was the exact same way. Yeah. 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 So, and, so that's the genesis of it. And like the fact that like the internet just they've made a mountain out of a molehill here. Like, well, I know it was, it was so dumb to take it away in the get go. I think people are just excited that like finally yeah. common sense has won out. And I don't want to like I, I hate yucking other people's yums, but like I knew, <laughs> I knew that that was just like all right, like we're talking all about this. Let me get something on the board, and uh, yeah, people people did not like me for it. They were coming at me for it. And and here's the thing is like I might play it once, but like I just I haven't played video games since college, and the ex- except for like you know Mario Kart, we've got Mario Kart at the house. We'll play that on the the Wii. Um, but like that shows you where like I, I like my video games to be pretty elementary. Um, so like I, I don't think I ever got past like a Call of Duty. Like, but the NCAA football game was the game when we were like in middle school, high school, we would play against each other with our friends. In college, it was FIFA because FIFA was more fun. It was just a it was a more fun, exciting gameplay. Uh, it was faster, it was smoother, it, it got clunky there at the end. I just hate seeing all these kids like making all this money off playing video games. It's just like, where the hell was that when I was a kid? I, w- I was like legitimately pretty good at video games. Like if, if you told me at St. X, I could have been on the video game team. I have a hard time believing I wouldn't have been one of the better players. The, um, and, and here's the thing too, TJ is I will give you, um, like when you talk about being a ping pong champion, I've played you in ping pong. Like I, you're very good at some, uh, I don't want to call them dumb games, 
But like you get good at those. I have another friend that's very similar where um, there's a video of I think it's the OG Super Mario Bros beating it in like eight minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, wow. And he he wants like either I, I think he beat the time or he got to it like obsessively just like boom, boom, like speeding through everything, getting all the shortcuts. Um, so, yeah, I. It would have been fun. It's like, uh, what was that documentary, King of Kong, where the dude yeah. was awesome at Donkey Kong? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what kids are doing nowadays, but it's just with games that are much more sophisticated. Yep, it really is. Paid more. Yeah. The Thornton's text line, we're way behind on. We're sorry. Uh, Scooch, it's popping, though. It's yeah, popping. it really is. Scooch was a lightning rod. I love it, yeah. Says, wow, NCAA bootlicker Scooch with his big Z take, like they haven't proven over and over again that they're an incompetent organization. I agree that they're an incompetent organization. I was not sticking up for the NCAA. I'm just, I was just simply saying they're not out to get Kentucky. Hilarious when Cal said post game that he never talked down to fans. He talked down to media, and then he said media members go on his post game and whine. Well, we have the quotes, but okay, LO, just take your L, man. Texter says, even European soccer players think Hunter is a bit dramatic on his flops. <laughs> Call Bill Murray for the Groundhogs. Oh, um, I don't I don't know if he could get rid of them, though, Scoots. Another one says, kill them, Scoots. They'll do massive damage. Trust me, the cute little bastards are destructive. They sent in a picture of, I don't even know what I'm looking at, but it doesn't look good. That oh, looks God. like a, a huge like mound inside a shed. I can only... Imagine that the groundhogs are responsible. Kind of, uh, kind of in the act. That's kind of what my shed looks like. Really? Yeah. There's just like dirt everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. From the groundhogs. From the groundhogs. Yeah. That's fine. Groundhogs know about the raccoon slash turkey vulture experience. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's why I haven't seen them in a couple months. Maybe they're just hiding. Hippos attack people because they're always hungry, hungry. Also, lying greater than giraffe, and that's from Trevor. Yeah, right. Oh, well, that was remember we had that. That was like I, a two show thing. We brought it up. I brought it up briefly yesterday yeah. for Scoots. Um, nice that I'm glad you're listening, Trevor. Cal changed. He needed Shannon the dude's advice to write this ship. Cal changed thanks to Ryan Lemon. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cal, like you know what, Cal, take all the shots of the media you want. Just win. Like we don't care. I'll, I'll I, happily, I if, you, if you need me to be your motivation i will i will i will be your motivation i do like i do him just kind of taking that pot shot after the florida game I, like probably not the time or the place cal like it's funny but you can get all the roses after the season and you and you should like you absolutely should but well, like that, let's let's get there first you know he, he's this is the second time he's done it this year he did it after another game too but um, i do think that like his point like if if a lot of, and I'm not, I'm not calling out anybody specifically. I'm talking about just a portion of the fan base. If a portion of the fan base had their way, we would not have this team. Like we wouldn't have this team. We wouldn't be going through this right now. And I'm just thankful that, like you know, whiny, emotional fans don't make coaching decisions. It's a good thing. Um, we wouldn't have this team if a lot of, not a lot of people, but a loud chunk of people had their way. Uh, even when we were down early, it was a close late. I found myself very serene throughout the game. Last year, I would have been losing it. You just have a feeling that this team can do it in March, regardless of how this game plays out. Ooh. Get out of my head, Texter. Like, I agree. It's just a much b- more pleasant watching experience, Roush. Don't you agree? I'm, yeah, but I'm the opposite, though, where I think this team is so good that, like, I, I need them to win. Into Like, I, I want them to do what I know they can do, whereas, like, last year – 
I don't want to say I was um, indifferent or, um, uh, but you know, like I kind of like I knew who they were, so I wasn't going to get all worked up when they. Last year, everything just felt like it was hanging in the balance every game. Like, oh my gosh, if this team clicks, maybe I can buy back in and think that they're a contender. Or if they just go on another one of their little eight-minute, one-field-goal stretch, I'm just going to pull out all my hair because UK, once again, is not competitive on the national stage. And every game just felt like a tug-of-war between those two teams, and it was not the most fun thing to watch. This year, it's I agree with you, Roush, and that's the other side of the coin is like, you know what? Don't squander it. Yeah, a loss is okay in the big picture because this team can win it all, and we all know that. But you know what? All the more reason, let's be a number one seed. Let's roll through the SEC. We're talking about like splitting the road games in the SEC. No, let's go ahead and just win them all. This is Kentucky yeah. basketball. We need high expectations. So there's both sides of the coin there. And I, I do, but just the overall watching experience is more fun to me for the exact reason that Texter said. I just trust this team. I do. And that doesn't mean they're going to win every game, but I do trust them to like, they're going to take teams best shots and then they're going to throw a counter punch. Well, the, um, I, let's keep doing text unless yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Think, think about it and get back. Bradshaw yep. had that same look on the three, a couple possessions earlier and he turned it down. He caught it ready to shoot the next time. Roush no show after a big basketball win. Intriguing. We're happy Roush is here today. He's had a, cluster of a week so far and it's only tuesday last year's offense was top 20 as well that surprises me a little bit um because i just don't think they were a good offense but i bet they they had those offensive rebounds last year yeah that's a good point and also i bet once one player got injured for the year i think the offensive numbers started getting a little bit better for the group so i think that maybe played a role too uh scooch i think we read that one i know Uh, he can do whatever he wants but it's funny how kyle tucker tweets about kentucky compared to how he tweets about other teams I don't know if I've noticed what you're saying so much, but um, well, yeah, it, I, I think it's because most of his audience is a Kentucky audience. So if he's speaking glowingly of another programmer, I, I think he's just trying to be like, Hey, look over here. This guy's doing something good. Um, whereas like Kentucky, he's going to be more critical because like, that's the primary school he's covering. But I, I've noticed he does like, I, I do appreciate him watching like college basketball as a whole, because as, as much as like, Kyle can be a, a goober at times. And we like to poke fun of it for being a goober. Like I do think he knows ball. And so it's good that like he's, he is scouting other teams for us. So we don't have to just rely on Jeff Goodman. Good bub. Excuse me. Uh, Jeff Goodman had an article today saying Jay Wright has zero interest getting back into coaching. Sorry, you of all fans. The only question with Missouri is do they hit four of their first five threes or six of their first eight? <laughs> Man, I just turned on the end of their game against Georgia, and I was like, "What? I I thought I thought. Remember when people were talking about how good Dennis Gates was in Missouri? Like, what the hell's going on here? I lost to Georgia at home, and it. I mean, it the Dennis Gates close, of hell. It, it really wasn't close down the stretch. You have you make a good point, and I was like, people were kind of uh, freaking out. I don't want to say freaking out, but like, can you believe Calipari said that in the huddle? And it's like, yeah, because it was right. Like, Florida wasn't going to keep hitting those shots. That was that was good coaching. He was. Telling his team to be confident, like things are going to happen. Uh, Missouri probably will hit some garbage shots tonight, but you know what? Um, I'm confident Kentucky, this Kentucky team will weather the storm and take care of business. Yeah, I, so a little M- Missouri analysis because I know some folks care about that. They have they have several people that can hit from outside, and some at some like insane percentages, although on limited attempts, mind you. Um, but Sean East is a familiar name. Tamar Bates, UK fans, uh, I'm sure, or some may maybe a little familiar with him. Connor Vanover. Um, so 
this is a, a team that they can knock down some shots, but UK's athleticism should just completely and totally overwhelm them. Um, it's funny that, and that's, I think that's the story of the game. Athleticism is going to win the day. Funny that two of the three guys you brought up are, well, Sean East, a Hoosier. He went to new Albany and Tamar Bates mm-hmm. played at IU. Yep. Well, let's give our predictions for the game tonight. Uh, the line Vegas is thinking it's probably just going to be kind of like a buffer zone game an ugly kind of maybe anywhere from 10 to 15 point win somewhere in that ballpark. But scoots, what do you think? I'm thinking the cats roll tonight. I, they've just looked so good for them to win that game down in Florida. I've got Kentucky, I'm going to go like 91 to 72. I, th- I think it's a big win. Um, that I, I feel like the number is correct yeah, like because it is conference play. This is a quicker turnaround that they're not used to. So I think it will be a grind at times. But Kentucky's going to hit more threes. Like that, that was their season low five against Florida. That's great point. So I, I think it's going to be like an 88 to – 70 game where they pull away late and just kind of narrowly cover there. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to take Missouri to cover. I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm going to play into the stink here. UK is much better than Missouri, but I, all the money's on Kentucky spread and money line, obviously I'll take Kentucky to win an ugly game by 10 points. Um, just kind of going through the motions, bad weather, bad atmosphere. I think Kentucky just looks a little sluggish tonight. No big, no big concerns, big picture. Uh, they win though, 80 to 70. Enjoy the game. I'm so happy we're back to the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, uh, Wednesday it's gonna slate. Bright. It's going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy the game. We'll be back first thing in the morning to talk about it on Big X Sports Radio. This is Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. I'm still running against the wind.